Hello, welcome to Biz Minds Podcast, where we explore ideas, discuss the human experience, talk practical lessons, and make amazing discoveries. Join us again for this episode. Sit back, listen, and enjoy this topic. Hello there. You are listening once again to Busy Minds Podcast. Okay, it has been a while since I last recorded a podcast, but glad to be doing this once again. And today is going to be a freestyle episode. I didn't have anything prepared except for the topic I have in mind, which is the power of useless things. The power of useless things. So um, I think most of what Busy Minds has been has been a lot of useless things. I have hardly produced things with the very intention that, oh, they'll be very, very useful. I, I take it that, I take it that one of the major hindrances I have is the fact that I cannot particularly sell my product. If I have a product, I cannot particularly sell my product to people like, hey, uh, follow busy minds because this is the value you'll be getting. Uh, it's more of a freestyle project. The busy mind project is more of a freestyle project. And it's, you would not enjoy it if you don't enjoy useless things. If you don't, uh, if you don't think maybe my curiosity and yours align in a way. All right. So we might find some intersection on some topics, on some discussions, but uh, it's going to be very, very little. But nevertheless, nevertheless, um, I will be doing the power of useless things because, like I said, the Busy Minds project has really been a project of useless things, of which the byproduct has been learning. I have learned a lot that I have transferred into other sections of my life, other areas of my life, and that have brought me great value. But but the Busy Minds project itself is, I won't call it a waste, but it's it's a useless project. All right, so the power of useless things. All right, so I was on Twitter a few days ago, and I saw saw a tweet. It was a video, a a video, and in the video, it was a festival for twins. A festival is a twins festival at um, Twinsburg. So the entire festival was just if you're an identical twin. I don't know if non-identical twins were allowed, but if you're an, if you're a twin, you are meant to be at the festival. Just come, just have fun. Something like comic con, comic convention, but for twins. So people came uh, from the video I saw. They had a lot of fun. And I thought to myself, wow, this is such a useless thing. I should do more useless things more often. You get. So, which brings me to the first the first issue about talking about useless things. Why exactly do we call it useless? Because there are very, very few connotations where you think of useless as um, as a good thing. If I were to look at someone and say, hey, you're a useless person. That's an insult, right? Straight up. If I were to look at a book and say this book is useless, it's it's not a compliment. But how come I'm using 
useless so liberally like it's a good thing it's because i i have mapped i have mapped the problem to be that it's a problem of um rationality the problem of rationality and productivity so these two poles rationality and, and productivity has a very very a very very strong hold on our mindsets our mentalities and our societies all right so we want to do things that are rational i want to do things that are productive all right there's something i keep talking about that we get frustrated with school and education most times because we feel like most of the things we do are not productive that it's not translating into direct productivity all right uh, i have written something in the past uh, as a so it was a it was a contrast between curiosity and utility so that there's a difference between when you read you know for to meet a goal probably to write an exam probably to for an interview and there's a difference between when you read because hey it's just for pleasure so i think we can rationalize the fact that oh you can read for pleasure because hey reading for pleasure is good we tell you um uh, build a reading culture all right and if we think about building a reading culture it's because we're thinking of developing a building a reading culture so that it would affect your overall productivity okay so we'll tell you things like um read because it opens your mind read because it does this now this brings me back to the whole rationality productivity and utilitarian reasons behind this if you, these three things rationality productivity and utilitarianism they sit at the bottom of it all they sit at the foundation of it all so you don't want to be seen as doing useless things all right now even if you are caught doing something passive that's useless you want to give off an explanation that rationalizes and when i mean rationalize i mean makes it make sense all right i heard something yesterday which i will share very very interesting it said we use the term make sense make sense of the world because the world already is reality is not exactly sensible so we have to make sense of it we synthesize sense so a lot of things we do we do to um we do things and then we factor in the explanation later to make it look conducive and to help the communicate the communication strength all right so i, I think i wrote an article on that or something like that for example if you love flowers and you just love to garden um, people might look at you as oh this is just a hobby and then one day someone will curiously come and be like hey you love this thing a lot now they will not just they may not just end at oh you love this thing a lot they'll go ahead to you know find out a reason emphasis on reason or reason why you're doing this oh do you do this because it uh makes you happy or because it makes you um agile because it's good for your mental health and i'm like come on you don't have to provide a reason for everything and you will realize that anything can be made to look useful if you give it a reason all right so which now going back to the whole developing a reading culture is that develop a reading culture because hey it helps your mind develop a reading culture because hey uh it's just good to have knowledge about all things and which is which which is which is very true i do not dispute that but once you start going once you start straying away from 
clear examples like um, reading, gardening. We'll start going into things like twin festival, comic convention. Now it all begins to make sense less. All right, it begins to make sense less, and you have to conjure more and more reasons why you are doing what you are doing, or why you do what you do. All right. Uh, so. Take for example, uh, Comic Con. Why would an adult, maybe in his 20s, 30s, in fact, I've seen family people, couple with their children, dress up as superheroes or some of their favorite characters from the comic book or from the comic book movie and go to a convention in order to have fun? See, it's, it's, not, it's not productive on the surface it really is not it's, it's not it's not productive it's it's less sense making well i think uh an expression of leisure now those things are leisurely an expression of leisure is if you want to look at the strength of the culture you should look at to what extent they enjoy leisure without having to conjure up a dissertation, a reason, or a theory behind uh, such leisurely activity. Okay, so Comic Con, why do I want to go to Comic Con? Hey, I love Captain America. I want to dress up as Captain America, so I want to go. Right? I feel like that should be sufficient. But I checked something and I realized that uh, Comic Con generates millions of dollars every year to the cities where they are hosted all right i'm reading from google news center it says before the pandemic comic-con attracted over 135,000 registered fans from all over the world along with over 2,500 members of the media from more than 30 countries the impact to the local san diego economy is over 165 million dollars and overall spending with over 19 million dollars in direct attendees spent so comic con alone brought 165 million dollars to the san diego economy all right so if you were not presented with this i just i just felt i just i was just urged to check how much comic con generates because well, I was curious, of course. And I realized that man, that's a lot of money. 165 million to a local economy is is a lot. Is a lot. And um, yeah, there was this thing I raised to some friends a, about a year ago. I said most of the money splurging in the economy can be traced back to luxury. Right, Comic Con is luxury. Um, someone struggling to feed you'll be surprised if you find someone who has no money for food you know well dabbed up well dressed at a comic con so it takes a level of affluence to be at comic con and one comic con costume could you know get a lot of money Right, you have to buy the raw materials, you have to design them, you know, it takes a lot of creativity. And I, I like what I see at Comic Cons, it, it gladdens my heart. 
But when these things, when these seemingly useless things are put up against the idol of productivity, it tends to make people feel guilty. It tends to make people feel guilty. So imagine you, um, <laughs> will I say Comic-Con geek, you know, meeting your friend, the accountant, on the day you are going to Comic-Con, maybe the dude is wearing a suit, he's carrying a briefcase, he's going to work, and you, you are there looking dorky, like, like a failed Captain America, and you are going to Comic-Con. It just looks odd, right? And that's because how we look, how we look, our image is important. Our image is important. Our reputation matters. So we, we try to do things to, to protect our images and reputations as much as possible. Nevertheless, with useless things, you get, all you get is learning as byproduct. All right. I was even just reading uh, a book and it says, uh, waste is not um, the byproduct of learning. It says learning is the byproduct of waste. All right. So many things may appear wasteful on the surface but i think you just have to give them time to show that waste is not really waste i don't know how to put that uh, waste is waste in the moment it looks like waste in the moment it is waste just like many of the essays we write in school for our exams in fact many of our exam sheets and in fact many of students bsc projects are usually wasted but they learn a lot of things from it. And but we can see that, we can rationalize that because hey, it's education, you're supposed to learn. But what about the things that are without the ambit of organized schooling? Things you just decide to engage in of your own volition, of your own discretion, of your own curiosity. Uh, I didn't make so much enthusiasm. Do people really understand what you're doing? I don't think I'm here as much to convince people to, you know, try to try to understand useless things as much as I'm here to say, if you are doing something that you think is useless, in quote, you just have to stick with it, irrespective of what anyone says. So there are many parts in life that, because they are unconventional, they do not receive much social support from the very beginning. You can It goes the same with many people's dreams, many people's ideas, many people's products. At the very beginning, you don't get much support simply because people cannot pre-rationalize how what you are doing makes sense they probably do not understand why you are so in love with this um baseless useless product or useless idea they don't just understand and you are there you are passionate you are like why won't these people support me and it's something that you know many many gutter from the gutter rappers when they eventually make it it'll be like ho oh, oh, ho you didn't support me everyone who didn't support my dream and i i cannot but look at those guys with I think they are funny. I, by now, I have accepted that not everybody will love what you love. Not everybody will support what you love. Not everybody likes. Not everyone is interested in what you're interested in. So for you to think that because you have some brilliant idea, hence the whole world must, you know, contribute to your passion. It's just delusional. But I'm saying, if you are doing something that you are convinced is 
useful. Maybe you are convinced it's useful, but after, but maybe really what you have is just a strong passions. But if you are convinced that you have something useful and it seems like no one is giving you all the support, I am recommending that hey, you just stick with it. All right, stick with what you are doing. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, just maybe what you are doing will yield something very, very, very productive that people would pine and year and after in the future but stick with it because you enjoy it stick with it because it sets you uh, it sets your curiosity stick with it because hey it is interesting at least in the moment it's pleasurable in the moment you don't have to find a real use case for everything most of the things like i said you will do uh we will not many things you will do will not amount to anything but it's just that the process of doing them alone, the process of doing them alone is the beauty. And of course, you must have heard of this cliche um, uh, idiom, whether it's an idiom or not. Um, hey, trust or love the process more than the result. I guess that's what I'm advocating in everything I've been saying. Enjoy the process. If you have to judge everything by its results, you have to judge everything by its results. You are going to be as frustrated as possible. But if you learn to enjoy the process, whether the result is defective or not, you would have gotten a lot of satisfaction from the process. So a utilitarian world judges everything by the result. That's the end justifies the means. It doesn't matter if um, slaughter everybody as long as we get the results we are looking for that's fine we don't mind how many uh, eggs are broken in order to make an egg breakfast of course which literally of course you have to break eggs to make your breakfast all right you know what i mean anyways back to the topic i'm saying human beings work with a certain quality that utilitarianism does not reflect Unless, of course, you see human beings as objects for your pleasure. So we need a sense of quality that is not reflected in logic, that is not reflected rationally, that is not reflected in data. Um, it's a kind of sen- it's a, it's a, it's a sentimental quality, which is often very, very peculiar to every individual that's idiosyncratic. So you must learn to enjoy the process. If you check, if you check the backlogs of a lot of artists, writers, people who you deem creative, you realize that they have a lot of waste, and it's their best product that makes it to the public. And so it is absurd for you to compare your your junk with their quality goods. Well, I'm not. Some of them, might, their junk might be way, way better than even our own quality goods. Nevertheless, you should not pile yourself under so much pressure because your result is not what you want. Sometimes what you plan for from the very beginning, it's not what you're going to get in the end. At times the road divides and that's okay. At times the road leads somewhere else, somewhere more interesting, somewhere more fascinating. You know. There's this quote that if you try to have fun, you will not have fun. It's the same way. If you force yourself to be interesting or force yourself to get the results you want, you might as well eliminate your chances of enjoying the process. 
unless of course the thing is solely an emergency and you know you cannot do without it all right so this has been my friday rant about uh, the power of useless things the power of useless things is usually the nourishing of the soul um, for example a baby's amusement is useless they just laugh and laugh at the same thing they want you to repeat the same stories what's nourishing them is helping their learning it's helping them grow it's helping them become functioning members of society as useless as it looks like really and it's the same way with many yes i have to speak about this it's the same way with many many um boundaries morals, laws traditions culture you know chesterton's fence which i have written and spoken of says if you see a fence and you don't know why that fence was put up it says be careful not to take it down yes that's chesterton's fence so a lot of things that you may abjectly like instinctively knee-jerk reaction may not like may not understand may have such deeper uses may have such deeper meanings than are available to the uh to to shallow reasoning to naive reasoning and you just have to take your time to observe because some of these things their impact run deep and it is only in the absence of them that you see how useful they are while they are there you don't know how useful they are but it is when you remove them that you know how useful they are there's this popular i don't know how to classify it but it's a, it's a popular trend speaking of when he your mom is not around your, your mom is around everyone just takes her parents for granted then your mom leaves and everything just seems to fall apart everyone is hungry the home is not you know well taken care of or another one like it's you don't know what you have until you've lost it i think that succinctly describes the power of useless things you don't really know how useful they are or how meaningful they are until they are not there i'm not saying this but this pertains to everything but to some things this is very very true thank you once again for listening to busy minds podcast i hope this episode as short as i thought it would be you really enjoyed it thank you have a very very nice day